Hi, I want to welcome you to Daily Drive Time Devotions and Day 2 of our look through James chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 9 to 13 today. In fact, I'd like to begin by reading those verses, James 2, 9 to 13. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you do commit murder, you've become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Yesterday, we talked about favoritism and not showing favoritism. And James now says in verse 9, but if you do choose to show favoritism, it's sin. And if you sin, you're convicted by the law as a lawbreaker. As we walk through these verses, and James talks about a lot of things in these few verses, he seems to go from point to point, and it's hard to tie it together for many of us, that there are two things to be aware of that he's talking about. He's talking about the fact that I am a lawbreaker, and he's talking about the fact that I will be judged. He's talking about the fact that you are a lawbreaker and that you will be judged. At the beginning of these verses, in verse 10, he talk, begins to talk about us all being lawbreakers. Whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Many people, even many believers, never really understand the meaning of this verse. You see, for most of us, there are big sins and little sins in our book. And we think, well, I'm not going to commit the big sins. If I commit some of the little sins, then, you know, I know I'm forgiven by Jesus, and yet I'm never going to commit any of the big sins. And we have this thought in our mind that we are more holy. We are less of a lawbreaker than the people who commit the bigger sins. But God says here, yeah, God obviously understands that some sins have more consequences than others. God obviously understands that there are some sins that have stronger consequences than others. There, there are some sins that hurt others in ways that others don't. But when it comes to sin, sin with the big S, the sin that we all have in our lives, sin is sin, he's saying here. If you're a breaker of the law, you are a lawbreaker. We all stand in need of God at that same place, a breaker of the law. Now, as I said, many of us never get this picture. As I talk to many people about sin, the idea is somewhat of, of weights on a scale. And, and, and what we want to do is we want to, we want to keep more of God's laws than we break. And we want to keep more important of God's laws than we break. So I want to, I want to keep more laws and I want to make sure I keep the more important ones. So if I break a few of the little ones, that weighs down this side of the scale. But if I keep a lot of the big ones, then that puts a bigger weight on this side of the scale. We do this both before and after we become believers. Before we become a believer, we weigh the scale out and we think that our salvation is dependent on how am I doing? Am I keeping a lot of the big ones? And then maybe I'll make it into heaven based on that. And then there comes a day when you realize I'm not getting into heaven based on what I've done. I need Jesus' forgiveness and we ask for forgiveness. But even after asking for forgiveness, we still have this scale in our minds many times where we're thinking the Christian life is all about the scale now. I know I'm saved by grace, but my Christian life and the way I live it, I want to keep a lot of the good things, the big things. And if I break some of the little ones, it's not that big a deal. God says, that's not the way to look at it. 
it's not like a scales. In fact, the true picture of sin isn't like some scales. It's more like a, a giant mousetrap. And, and with a mousetrap, you trip it just once and you're dead. You, you can go by that mousetrap a hundred times, a thousand times, 10,000 times, and 9,999 times you don't trip it. You trip it once and you're dead. And these verses say, if you stumble at one point, you're guilty of breaking all of it. The reason many of us struggle with understanding the holiness of God is we don't understand the depth of our own depravity and sin. I certainly don't understand it. I don't see myself as God sees me. So I have to trust what God says about me. And God says, I am a lawbreaker. The truth about me is I, I tripped that trap. I decided to do what I wanted to do selfishly. I still do. And because of that, I am deeply in need of his forgiveness. I am a, I am a lawbreaker. Now, what's the value of realizing that? Isn't, isn't that just a guilt-inducing statement? I'm a lawbreaker? No. The value of realizing that is seeing your need. I am a lawbreaker, and because of that, I will be judged. I'll be judged. And I'm going to be judged by one of two laws. This is extremely important to understand. I'm going to be judged either by the law that brings death or the law that gives freedom. He talks in these verses about a law that gives freedom. But the other side of that is a law that brings death. That is... That is the idea of trying to make myself right before God based on the things that I do. If all I've got when I show up to heaven is the good things that I've done, and I say, God, look, here's some good things that I've done. There's so much that I haven't done. And there's so much that I've done wrong. And God's standard, because God is perfect, God is holy, to live in his presence, I would need to be perfect and holy. I'm depending just on myself. I'm a lawbreaker. And that's the law that brings death. But that's not the law I have to depend on. I can also, I can instead depend on the law that brings freedom. Now, what is that law? Well, that's the law of love. The book of Galatians talks about this. Jesus talks about this. The Old Testament headed us towards this. That is, I believe, the law of love. The fact that God loves me and has given himself for me in Jesus Christ. And the fact that I can love others. Now, remember, these verses we're talking about, they come right after we talked about at the end of yesterday, loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus' command for us to love our neighbor. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So, so what, what, what should my response be to this? I, I, I'm a lawbreaker, and I am going to be judged. And I can choose. Am I going to be judged by the law that brings death, depending on my own good works? Or am I going to be judged by the law that brings freedom, God's love for me in Jesus Christ, and my response to that in loving others? James writes and says, I want you to speak and act in verse 12 as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. See, these verses are all about how I speak and how I act. And because I know I have freedom of forgiveness in Jesus Christ, I can speak differently and I can act differently. If I'm being by, judged by the law that brings death, I'm going to speak and act as somebody who is on his way to judgment, who's filled with guilt, who knows that what I'm doing isn't good enough. And that's going to, that's going to feed its way into every one of my relationships. I am going to show favoritism because I feel like I need God's favoritism of me. But once I realize the law of love is what rules in my life, the royal law, God's love for me, my love for others. Once that happens, it's, it's like a key is turned in a door. Something is unlocked where I don't have to show favoritism anymore, where I have the freedom, the law that brings freedom. I have the freedom to love because I know how much God has loved me. What should my response be? I speak 
and I act as those who are going to be judged by this law of love. My understanding of judgment impacts the way I speak, and my understanding of judgment impacts the way that I act. As long as I think that I am under God's judgment, under the threat of somehow not, not quite measuring up, then I'm going to speak and I'm going to act in ways that tear down my relationships and my life. But the moment I begin to realize that I've been forgiven by Jesus Christ, and I take that into my life, and I live that out in my life, that I'm going to speak and I'm going to act as a forgiving person. What he's saying here is our words and our actions are in direct response to our ideas of judgment. As long as I feel under judgment, I'm going to speak and act with judgment. As soon as I realize I've been set free, I'm going to speak and act with freedom. That's why he says in verse 13, judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. If I'm not merciful, what verse 13 is saying is this. It shows that I am not living under the law that gives freedom. I'm living under the law of judgment. It shows my heart. It shows where I am. And then he says at the end of verse 13, this incredible phrase, mercy triumphs over judgment. We're going to focus on that phrase tomorrow because this, this whole idea of mercy and judgment and how they fit together, it's huge in our lives. But today as we end, I'd like to go back to the fact that we all are lawbreakers. We all will be judged. And I can either be judged based on what I've done or I can give myself to Jesus Christ. Let him take care of the judgment that God would bring upon me because of his forgiveness. If you're not sure that you've ever made that decision, if you're thinking that maybe you're still depending on the good things you've done to make yourself right before God, you don't have to live with that sense of dread or guilt or fear one more second. This very moment, you can say to Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, thank you for what you did for me. Just be honest with him. I have broken your law. I am a lawbreaker. And I can make all kinds of excuses about how I'm better than this person or I haven't done as bad as that person. But the truth of the matter is, I've stumbled at many points. And so I'm guilty of breaking it all. I've broken your law. I need your forgiveness. I need the freedom, Jesus, of what you have done in my life, your love given for me on the cross. So I ask you now to forgive me. Give me new life in your name. And I ask you, Jesus, I ask you because I know how deeply you love me, because I know that you gave yourself for me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.